millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, this is a very exciting episode. Oh, this is so exciting, guys, because not only am I joined by the amazing Booba, Ruth Simons, we've got the amazing Alexis Fernandez. Bonjour. I'm so excited. So happy to be here. This is very exciting. Our first, first, I'm the first first guest, guest. <laughs> and I'm so happy to meet you, Alexis, because I've heard I so much about you. <laughs> it's the first time we're meeting, so this is very cool. Yeah, can you believe that? Like everyone in my family's met Alexis except Bubba. This is just outrageous. I know. It's outrageous. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel like this is a full coming of circle. Now my life's complete. <laughs> Finally, yeah, Finally. it was the missing piece. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, Bubba and I thought it would be a really good idea to get Alexis to come on the podcast because not only does she have her master's in neuroscience, she has her own incredible podcast. If you don't listen to it, which I'm sure you do, um, you should give it a listen. It's called Do You Fucking Mind? And it's all to do with mental health, neuroscience, mental wellness. You'll probably can do a better job at explaining it than I am. Well, yeah, I talk about all things to do mm-hmm. with, you know, thought processes, um, you know, but also I, I like to talk about it from like the the neuroscience science standpoint as well. I love pharmacology and all of that, and so I love to talk about how you know the pharmacology feeds into thoughts and behaviors and all of that as well. So it's a mix. It's a mix of everything. Yeah, but um, she basically puts puts it in very layman's terms, so it's really easy to understand. She gives you all these great facts about like yeah, you don't have to come from a science background. No, at not all. at all. She hey, look, if my simple pea brain can understand it, so can you. <laughs> But I thought it would be really good to get Alexis on today to talk about self-love because I think this is something super important. It's a real passion point of mine. I'm all about self-care, self-love yes. and all these things. I have yeah. like my face mask Mondays, things you like do. that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's really cool to talk about it, uh, you know, with, with Booba as well mm-hmm. um, because, you know, we bring like two, two – com- Yeah, two, two contrasting oh, – Well, I wouldn't say complementary. Complementary. Mm. Two complementary, like from, from different angles – I think, Definitely. which is really cool. Yeah, so Bubba from a psychology perspective yeah. and Alexis from a neuroscience perspective. Yeah, which and they, they do go hand they in do. hand. Me from, yep. from yeah. a lemon perspective. And <laughs> live the lemon. Girl, woman on the, <laughs> woman on the street. Um, so why don't we just jump straight in and maybe talk about um, what, what, is, like, what does self-love mean to you guys? What exactly is self-love? Do you want me to go first? Yes. Okay. Yeah, go on, Bubba. Well, a lot of my clients walk to the door and tell me that they don't feel loved. They they ha- they have low self-esteem and that why can't they get themselves a man? Um and This sounds familiar. Why can't they get themselves a woman? <laughs> and, um and 
I, I go down the road, I've, I've told you this before, of teaching my clients about themselves and why they behave the way they do. And more often than not, as, as children growing up, we make decisions about ourselves that are both positive, positive and negative. So oh, the yeah. positive the belief script. systems that we have about ourselves that become our resources and what we use to get on with life. But our negative belief systems, uh, become, uh, mental blocks. And if we don't deal with them, they become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm, so literally. if, if, if any of my clients, uh, come in and tell me that they don't feel loved. I I go down the road of checking out what their whole backgrounds are about and more often than not, a lot of my clients get messages from one or both parents where they felt unloved, unwanted or a burden to their parents. So this can basically stem from like your childhood. Yeah. But is it something that can develop over age as well? It can change oh, your definitely. self-confidence. That's, and Well, your, yeah. it changes with the help of psychotherapy. Because that's my mm-hmm. job is to help change the messages, the negative messages that they have in their head where they mm. believe that they're unlovable. And what happens, and it's just so amazing how when whatever we decide to talk about a subject, then I get so many clients all week that come in with the, the same yeah. thing that we are about to talk about. And what what often happens, and it, it's all done at a subconscious level, that if you've got a belief system that you're unlovable and then you meet somebody who showers you with love, the person has got, I call it a script. It's like you've written a script about yourself. You write this script, you produce it, you direct it, you star in it, and you have this belief system that you're unlovable. Then somebody comes along and changes the script and gives you a lot of love and a lot of caring and a lot of everything else. So the person who believes that they're unlovable will do everything they can to sabotage it to see how far they can go to push the person (laughs) away to see Mm -hmm. how unlovable they are. But can't it also change for the, like, negatively as well? Like, you could actually grow up in a very loving household and family with quite a positive self-script, and then that can change for the worse? Well, it doesn't mean that you think you're unlovable. You think you're not as good as, which is different to feeling unlovable. So if you get a lot yeah. of knockbacks in life, it, it turns into I'm not good enough or I'm not as good as. And then when I say, did you ever feel unlovable as a kid growing up? They said, oh, no, I never felt like that. But I didn't feel as good as my brother or, you know, I was mm. compared to my, my sister or I was never good enough for my father. And and that's yeah. a whole different ball game in itself. But True. teaching someone about self-love is actually going to the core of where they truly felt unloved and unwanted by one or both of their parents. And and yeah. so, so I might ask go on. Yeah. I might just what about you, Alexis? What do you think? Well yeah, and it really mm. it really does that kind of feeds into the whole concept of like you form your perception of the world and of what a relationship is in the first few years of your life. Like it's mm. the formative years of your life and that's where all these like the main, you know, there's a lot of connections occurring up until the age of four you're having like the most connections occurring in the brain and, and that's where you understand the concept of, um, you know, stability, the concept of someone being there for you no matter what the, you know, and that's where you actually start to learn independence. If you've got a parent that's always there for you, I think some parents think, oh, 
you know, I need to let them go. I need to not be there. I need to, but it's actually the opposite. As long as you're not helicopter parenting, if you're just there for the child, the child then feels more comfortable to go further and further away because they just turn around and they see that you're there. So then they have this, this idea of like, I'm safe, I'm loved, I'm protected. Mm. So therefore I can take risks. Whereas if some parents are either way too overbearing, then they feel fearful, like, I should be scared of something. Or if the parents are never there, they feel I can't rely on anyone. Yeah. I don't have someone that loves me. I, there's something wrong with me that I can't be loved and they're not going to be there for me. And that starts from like a baby. Yeah, you know? it does. So from both standpoints, it's the same exactly. thing. Exactly. You're just mm-hmm. coming like at it from another child. angle, Alexis. And we call it attachment theory. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of work exactly. on attachment. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And what you're saying is that mm. the kids that grow up who are, do feel neglected from birth actually yeah. have that uh, unhealthy attachment and yeah. they're always mm-hmm. searching for the love but find it, that they sabotage it a lot of the time. And, yeah. and yeah. One, one of – Actually, that kind mm, of – Sorry, go on, Danny. Yeah. No, you, you and I are like on top yeah. of each other tonight. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just didn't see. Just didn't see. I just want to ask you both yes. what are some reasons or some occurrences that might change your level of self-love throughout your life? For the for the better or worse or either way. I don't. I think we should say for the worse because we're going to be talking about how to impre- increase your self love and improve on your self self love. So I would think probably for the negative or both. We like a good story too. I mean, you can you can go through life feeling you know generally loved by your family and all of that, but there can occur certain really awful relationships that you might involve yourself in that can then shake that notion that you have of yourself yeah but core foundation yeah but at the same time someone that's going to go through that might still find it easier to get back on track to loving themselves versus someone who's never felt that in the first place oh, that's so interesting mm-hmm. i haven't even thought about that yeah what about yeah, you Bubba? well I'll, I'll i'll tell you about a little exercise that i do um which you might find interesting and it's called redecision therapy gestalt redecision therapy so i i get the person to sit in a chair and describe themselves as a little seven-year-old sitting in another chair. And I get them to describe exactly what they're wearing and what they look like, what their hair was like. And I say to them, okay, can you see this little person in the chair? And they'll go, yes. And I say, do you like them? And if the person says no, and I go, oh. Oh, my God, does that happen often? Yes. No. And I'll say, okay, so tell me why you don't like this little person. And they say, because she's fat, she's ugly, nobody likes her at school, mummy and daddy, you know, aren't nice to her. So then I pull up a third chair and I say, okay, you're the new protective parent for this little (laughs) seven-year-old and I want you to talk to the nasty critical parent over here who's telling this little girl how unlovable she is and you tell her all the lovable things about this child so then yeah. I do they usually come up with they some come things up with a lot of things oh, and then I say okay your job now is to stop this negative person every time she tells this child how all the negative things about her so then mm-hmm. I get the the good parent to go back into the bad parent chair <laughs> and start. So they physically get up and change I have three chairs. chairs. I love three that. chairs. Yeah. So good. Then I get the bad parent to look at the seven year old 
and say all the nasty things to the seven-year-old that this person has in its head about himself or herself. And they always break down crying. Always. Oh, and while they're, so this is while they're doing you that, do at home by yourself. I actually hold the hand of the little seven-year-old to comfort the seven-year-old. That's so sweet. So then, so th- so that's like a psychological or a therapy based way of like dealing this with. This is to get them to change the, This is to get them to change that belief system. So then yeah. I get the nasty parent to get into the nurturing parent chair, and I say, okay, I want you to tell the critical parent that every time she she or he says then all these horrible things to this child. You have to stop her or him. And I yeah. say, how would you stop him? So they inevitably say, oh, I'll stand up in front of the child and I won't let him pass. Um, That's okay. Cute. And I'll say, okay. So I'll say, go, go back into the nasty chair and I go, will that stop you? And the person inevitably says, no, that won't stop me. So I go, mm-hmm. okay, so go back into the chair. I make them go backwards and forwards until this mm-hmm. person literally turns around and says, if you go anywhere near this child, I'm going to call the police and have you taken away to jail or I'm going to kill you. I'll, because I end up saying to them yeah. when they say, I don't know what to do, and they say, okay, so do you have children of your own or do you have a niece or a nephew? If you saw mm-hmm. someone beating up that child, what would you do? Would you sit yeah, back and yeah, let them exactly. do it? And they go, no. It's so true because I feel like we've got – I also do this as well. Like I'm so protective or so fiercely, you know, aggressive to like anyone hurting anyone I care or love about love love mm. that much. But like why can't I do that for myself? I completely get that. And you see it with a lot of people when they give advice to their friends of what they should tolerate in a relationship, what they shouldn't tolerate, but then they themselves are putting up with – Awful people. They're dating awful people, and don't they, know who you're but talking they about. Could there. Yeah. Well, you know, like they could see that. Yeah. What? Like they could see that exact replica of that relationship in a friend, and be telling their friend, "What are you doing? You should respect yourself more. Mm. You know, you're loved." This, but they do it to themselves. Yeah. Right? So exactly. they're rescuing. But the end of the story is that by the time I finish this exercise, the protective parent has taken over the role of protecting this little seven-year-old. And then I get them to sit in the seven-year-old chair and I say to the seven-year-old, so how do you feel about yourself now? And would you go with this protective parent every time they want to look after you instead of going with the person that keeps telling you how unlovable you are? And the child always says, yes, I want to go with the uh, the protective parent. And then I say to the will you do the job? Can you do the job? And they go, yes, I can. So it's changing the dynamics of what yeah. that person feels about themselves. And the, and what comes out is then why the child feels unlovable. And rather than go into it in a very – it could take the whole session, is I, I actually then put the, the so-called parent in the chair, in another chair. I bring in another chair. And I put the so-called parent in the chair that has made this child feel unlovable. And then I do an interview with the parent. <laughs> oh, my God. How many sessions no, does this one. usually take? One <laughs> session. <laughs> and I, I get the parent to tell me all about their life story. 
and I interview the parent and what comes out of it and a hundred times out of a hundred is the parent themselves grew up feeling unloved and unwanted and a burden in their yeah. family. And it's a yeah. real aha moment for the seven-year-old to realise I did nothing wrong. I didn't do anything that, wrong. Isn't that beautiful, yeah. that it's moment? It's actually a whole – it's called redecision therapy because then the, ch- yeah. the person makes a decision Hold on, I'm only seven years old. I did nothing wrong. My parent was unloved themselves. They didn't know any better. And they see yeah, it yeah. from a very different perspective. So yeah, that's. Yeah. And I think that it's important to acknowledge that. It's it, this when people, when you want to look back into your life and understand where did this stem from, where did this stem from, it's not about blaming, it's not about pointing fingers. A lot of the time, most of the time, a parent is going to parent you how they learn how to parent. Like they're doing what they think is how to parent. Yeah. You know, they're not these evil people that have come down to hurt you. Like they don't they know do, better. They do most the best the they can with what they've got. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of the time it's based on what they And expect. also I yeah. use a lot of intuition and I say my hunch is <laughs> that this yeah. something happened mm. to you that's made you do this to this child or you're jealous of this child for some reason or other. And it, you, you mm. see the, the, the client get the aha moment that mm. why should they be feeling unlovable when they're only a little kid? <laughs> They've Literally. done nothing wrong. Yeah. So what about from a neuroscience perspective, Alexis? Like what are some ways that you can work on your self-worth and that, that self-script from that angle? Well, yeah, it's it's similar concept in the sense of like you've got to try and find ways of changing the changing the narrative in a sense. It's it's the idea of when you're thinking a thought and you think it again and again and again, and then it, that thought turns into a belief. It's like a schema. It's like this concept of what your life is, what you're worth, what you deserve, what you don't deserve, how the world is going to treat you. Mm. Is the world a good place or a bad place? We all have – right now we all have that belief about ourselves. Mm. And that uh, that's a physical pathway within the brain. Like it's a physical connection – and those connections, the more you think them, they just get stronger and stronger, just like a highway. You feed that pathway and it gets thicker and stronger. When you're trying to make that pathway thinner, you don't think, how do I cut this pathway? How do I sever it? How do I try and break it down? You just stop feeding it, okay? You don't want to give it more attention by trying to break it down. You just want to divert your attention into a new highway. And it starts thin at first but then the more you feed it it gets more and more so my my biggest advice to people that are trying to change things trying to change the narrative doing you know therapy and exercises is that it doesn't happen overnight for 99.99% of people it won't happen overnight but it's just like a muscle it's just like anything the more you feed it it then gets wider and wider and wider and then before you know it in three months time in six months time in however many years time you're going to look back and be shocked at the growth you've had if you can just keep kind of chipping away at it and then eventually you're going to look back and think the beliefs that I used to have aren't the dominant belief anymore. My initial reaction is going to be one that I have like curated for myself in I a way. I love that. Yeah. So you could basically believe anything you want. With with <laughs> persistence <laughs> and consistency and <laughs> guidance, yes, eventually. <laughs> so would you like to hear another, an exercise that – I give my clients that come in who also think that, yeah. you know, they don't love themselves. If you keep giving away your trade yeah, secrets. I'll, I'll have no clients <laughs> because everybody will listen to this podcast. <laughs> 
but yeah, please share. You're right. If one of my clients came into me the other day and said to me, I actually don't know why I'm paying to come to see you. All I have to do is listen to your podcast. (laughs) You know why? It's because I'm certainly no expert and my advice is definitely questionable. But yeah, no, people come and pay for your advice. People would pay me to not give them advice. (laughs) Tell them what not to do. Okay, so... I, no, you know what? I'm actually all right. I've got to big myself up here. Like, I'm okay. You're not the worst. I'm not the worst. I think no. you're gorgeous, so shut up. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Wilma. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, yeah, tell us your next um, well, it, little it, homework piece. Maybe a, I'll start doing it now. It's a lovely way of getting people to how to solve their own problems by I get them to write out 10 things that they like about themselves. Now, Just most like, people will turn around and say, oh, my God, there's no way I can think of 10 things I like about but themselves, myself. And I'll go. Is that what people usually say? They can't yeah. come up with 10. And so I go, okay. Well, that's sad. It could be anything. It I'll write It could be your hair. It could be your eyes. It could be your breasts. Mm. It could be how caring you are, how your hard mm. work ethic, um, you know, how intelligent yeah. you are. I give them the clues. And then yeah. sometimes they stop at five and say, I can't think of any more. And I go, okay, so who in the world loves you? You got a girlfriend or a, or a boyfriend or a, a, what a you grandmother? Do if they say no. no, they've always got someone. And I say, well, if this person is in Thank the room God. and I ask them to tell me five good things about you, what would they write? So they end up writing 10 things they like about themselves. Then I say to them, okay, nice. now tell me. One of the issues that's going on in your life right now that you're not dealing with, and they, they'll tell me their issue, and I say, now go through, these are your 10 positive resources because people forget that they have resources. They, well, like no, big anything. boobs. A big boobs could even help the situation if it's, if it's part oh, of I'm the problem. I'm saying that. <laughs> it's in their artillery. But the whole thing is, is that, People that want self-love forget their own positive resources. They come in with all this negativity mm. in their head rather than any positives. So I say, okay, so tell me the, the issue that's going wrong with you at the moment. And they might say, something's happening at work. And I'll say, okay, go through your 10 resources and tick off all those resources that might work for you to change what's going on for you right now. And they get blown away because people do not sit down and realise how many resources they've got because that's what they have to get on with life. So while you talk yeah. about self-love, people are so get into the negativity of their themselves that they forget that they do have resources because if they didn't have them, they wouldn't survive in life. Yeah, that's right. I think everyone should write their 10 and have it pinned up somewhere. They and then you ask yourself. And and I remember I did this exercise when I first studied to become a therapist. And the first thing I wrote on my list was um, I like my sense of (laughs) humour. And it, yeah. I love that. And at that time there was an issue going on in my life where my husband and I, not personally going through a bad time, but just something that was happening in the family. And we were both feeling so sad about it that we'd forgotten about laughing because we used to laugh a lot together. And I remember remember thinking we need to get our sense of humour back because if we don't get our sense of humour back, we're not going to survive this. 
And then, isn't that a beautiful realization yeah. to have together yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah, no. so gorgeous. Mm. They had the most amazing marriage as well. Yeah. I've got to say. And so, so, if you tick off, you say to yourself, "I have this problem right now. Which one of those resources can I use to help me deal with it?" You'll forget about feeling not loved and not wanted. You'll yeah. you'll focus more on the positive of what's going on inside you than the negative stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and mm. you do you shift into a mindset of more you're you're becoming a bit more proactive, you're becoming more problem solving and you start to feel more empowered when you do that. If you're in a situation where you're focusing on this is bad, this is bad, this is shit, I hate mm. that about myself, then you're just really reactive to every situation and you you're not you feel very disempowered. You, mm. you and when you I think when you feel powerless powerless or fearful it's one of the lowest emotions you can feel and then you don't feel like you can love yourself you don't feel valuable you don't feel worthy because you're like i've, I've got nothing i can do nothing I, i've got but exactly like what you're saying if you're resourceful you feel empowered I love and you this. think i could do something about my situation or about mm. this it's problem like raising your vibration but, I, but i'm also um alexis and live I'm, I'm quite confronting you know if somebody says to me um what do you mean you're confronting? You're the no, cutest little thing I've I ever do. seen if in my life. Somebody says to me, um, <laughs> "I don't like myself because I'm too I'm overweight," and I say, "What are you doing about it? There's plenty of things you can do about yeah. it. So how? Why are yeah. you keeping yourself stuck in feeling that you're not lovable because you're overweight when there's a million things you can do out there to lose weight and feel good about yourself and to change that what, what are you doing as well. to keep yourself overweight mm. so that you can feel stuck in feeling sorry for yourself and feeling bad about yourself yeah what do you think about that well yeah and that, but i think a lot of people also need to understand that sometimes we'll put the blame on certain things of why I don't love myself. It's because of this. But then they go through this like the crazy weight loss surgery and they're like, okay, that, I still don't love myself. Mm. I still – like I think a lot of people will shift blame on all these reasons as to why they don't love themselves. Um, but they don't do a lot of like the internal groundwork, you know, yeah. of like what well, a lot of the, those exercises that you were talking about, things like that where you've got to really dig deep and you've got to yeah. think like well, – what am I telling myself on a regular basis? Mm. What am I telling myself about my worth? What am I, when I approach a situation, am I always putting other people on a pedestal and that I'm nervous to talk to them because I don't think I'm good enough? And like what, all these things yeah. you got to ask yourself. Yeah. And then I think a lot of people do think when I get that, I'll be happy. And then oh, they get it and they're not. That's because it's so not true. these external things. They've got to realize that mm. ultimately. We mm. call that, you've we got call a, that a, you know, an until script. The until script, I say, I can't do this until such and such yeah. happens. And then when it happens, no, I yeah, can't yeah. do this until something else happens. And it's called until. Yeah. But I was going exactly. to, I was going to tell Spot you something on. else about people who feel unloved and unwanted and a burden. Kids that get that message growing up. Most children never blame their parents. They blame themselves. They say, there has to be something wrong with me. That's why my parents don't love me. So in order yeah. to justify mm. my existence in the world, I'm going to be pleasing, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to be strong, um, and and um, I'm going to uh, try hard. So if you've got to be perfect script, you've got the lot. 
And I explain to my clients yeah. that perfection is misery, excellence is wonderful, and that if anyone's got to be perfect script, it means that they're setting themselves up never to be happy because nothing is ever good enough. Okay, yeah, so exactly. when yeah, exactly. when they get into their belief system that I'm only okay as long as I'm pleasing everybody or working very hard and I'll do the work hard one. So say a guy grows up feeling unloved and unwanted and his decision is I'm only okay as long as I'm working hard and being successful. If something goes wrong in his life and he's not working hard and not, or he goes broke or something, this person could almost become suicidal because he's lost his belief system that he's only okay unless he does that. It's almost yes. like an identity. And so the, when, you know, quite often you hear about people who can't wait to retire. They spend their whole life talking about retirement. Mm. So if somebody retires and they've got this script in their head that I'm only okay unless I'm working hard, you find that very often these people die very quickly after they retire. And so when you know that somebody's got that message, you have to make sure as your family to keep this person busy, get them out playing golf, get them going to clubs, get them. (laughs) Or start a podcast. (laughs) 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 So I think what I think we should um, maybe touch on different ways to identify that you've got low self-worth or low self-love because I think that that's really important because people might not Mm -hmm. even realise that that's something that they're dealing with. And then I think it'd be good to talk about why it's so important to have self-love for yourself and for relationships as well. So maybe actually, maybe Alexis, do you want to start off with like any key identification things I should be aware of? Yeah, I think a really, I guess one of the most obvious ones is pay attention to how you talk about yourself to other people as a whole. Of course you might joke occasionally here and there. That's like, fine Mm. obviously but in general pay attention pay attention to if if you find it impossible to sell yourself to somebody like do you find it impossible to say I'm really good at that that I'll I'll take that on I'll do that like if it's at work if a lot of people don't realize that they just think that they're being humble but they're not like they're just they're they're, they they have no um trust that they're able to say I'm the best at that or I'm capable of doing that I like they can't back themselves at all so if you have an inability to back yourself if you talk down if you always put yourself down in front of other people before they put you down as a protective mechanism because yeah, you think that they're going to do that's that a big one. Um, if you can't respect yourself in any way like if you notice that you're always doing things that sabotage yourself or sabotage your relationships mm. i think that's a really big one as well, well like Bubba was talking about that as well with the sabotaging it yeah. is a self-fulfilling prophecy because you have a concept of like i believe that ultimately the world is not a good place ultimately people are not going to love me and ultimately i can't love myself so if someone does love you if something good happens you think oh that this is an outlier this is like an anomaly mm. so Either it's so, so rare that you can't really count it or I'm going to prove to you that you actually don't. And then when they, yeah. then when they eventually give up, think I can't be in this relationship anymore, or, I can't work with you anymore, or, I can't be your friend anymore, they think, see, the world is a terrible place, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. So if, I guess if you, if you notice those behaviours, even if you're not to that extreme, even just behaviours where you can't like – say something good about yourself in public. You can't like mm. sell yourself to your boss for that promotion. You can't – little things yeah. like that in life I think are a big one where you just – Or like what yeah. we said, even write ten things down that you yeah, like Yeah, definitely. Yourself. You can't write five. Like, you know, in, in, in 
apropos to what you just said about how people laugh at themselves and put themselves down, in my language, we call that gallows laughter. So what a lot of people do is say something negative about themselves that they know. So they set everybody up to laugh at them. And then when they do and they play it back at them, people feel terrible. And that's and that's what oh my God, have that's I been why doing this, we call it gallows laughter, <laughs> because you are yeah, setting yeah. yourself up to be hung at the gallows. So it's yeah. a really oh. really important thing that you don't do that. I mean, I've had I had a big bump on my nose when I was younger. It was a very beaky looking nose. <laughs> I look. I've seen the before photos. <laughs> I did. Before, you didn't anyway, have a beak. I had. That you were still very beautiful. Out. But I used to talk and mm-hmm. joke about my nose all the time. And but if anybody yeah, I, came back and made the same joke about my nose, I was so hurt. I was really. Oh hurt. yeah. And I thought I'm an idiot. I just set that one up for myself. And that's what people yeah. do. Yeah. So the idea is don't put yourself down and let other people do it because all you're doing is, you know, giving yourself an injection and topping yourself up with feeling bad about yourself. Mm. Yes. Yes. And I always say to people as well, when it it comes Mm. to that where, where, you know, you've got an insecurity about something in your body and it's not the actual body part that makes you feel that way. You've chosen to feel that way or, or you've grown up feeling that way. I can guarantee you for every insecurity you have about your physicality, there is someone else who is rocking it so hard that it, it is because of that that they're hot. You I know what I mean? That. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you might be so insecure about a certain shape of the nose that you have and then you meet someone that they've made that part of their look, their identity, yeah. and they're actually – even more beautiful in yeah. your eyes because they've accentuated that feature about yeah. themselves and made and it like part of it. They're known for it. It's they're known that. for it and they're known for, you know, and it could yeah. be anything, any insecurity you have. Like I love my small, small boobs. My auntie is so insecure about her small boobs and it's just like it's different mm. different perspectives, you know. Like I think, yeah. oh, I love it because there's all this. I love looking at big boobs but I love having small boobs. But mm. she can't fathom that big, and she's always thought, oh, I can't oh, let really? anyone see how small that – and it's all in your head. It it's is. all in your head. Did you know when you I know? had my nose straightened? I the day I walked out of the house, I thought all the traffic in the world would stop once they saw me. <laughs> not yeah, because you were probably like, oh, and not relieved. One, I watched. You know? I bet you just didn't notice. Not it was one person stopping. ever commented about my nose. <laughs> <laughs> what, they not one person said, nose. "Have you had your nose done?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. No yeah, one yeah. noticed it. That's but hilarious. Me, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. Do you I magnify know. it in your head? <laughs> totally. Mm. And mm. no one else cares about as much as you care about yourself. Does that make sense? No one cares about you as much as you care about yourself. That's well, what, I say. Yeah. what you do yeah. is you get to an, my age, you don't buy a 10 magnified mirror. That's what. <laughs> 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 No, my mum oh has my that God. to put on her makeup. It, oh, my like God. Heck, dick Look ones at you. Look at that mirror and you go, oh, my God, who is this person staring back at me? Oh, my God. <laughs> every, every time I go to Bubba's house, I sit there for like They're 45 so minutes. They're so aggressive, those mirrors. It's yeah. gross. It's great for popping people's <laughs> Oh, my God. Love. Iconic. It's so good. <laughs> um, so, you know how you guys said before that, um, you know, you can notice these, like when other people are making, are being a bit self-deprecating and stuff like that. How would you go about calling out someone that you cared about 
to bring to their attention that they've got low self-love or low self-esteem and that you want to help them in a like nurturing, loving way? How would you bring that up with someone? Well, go and you answer that, Alexis, and then I'll tell you what I would do. I think it also depends on who it is mm. that, you know, if it was someone that's really close to me, I would approach it differently to someone that I didn't know. Oh, you tell me you flat know, out. That well. Yeah. If it was if it was you, Liv, I would I would just Yeah, we don't crack we don't it open straight board. away. I wouldn't <laughs> know. And I would say I've no I would say what I've noticed. Mm. I'd say, look, I've noticed that you're the first person to raise these things that other people wouldn't even notice. Yeah. Is it a protective like I think I would just to be just, honest, I would I think have a conversation yeah, around with it. most people. What if it was someone who had really, really low self-esteem and you didn't know how to approach them and you didn't want to, like, you know, upset them? You yeah, wanted well, to, do you know what I mean? My, my how could you do it in a way response that to that is any free advice that you give anybody is called rescuing and nobody ever thanks you for it, ever. So if you don't know them well enough and you want to walk up and say, I can see that you've got low self-esteem, would you like me to help you with that? They're not going to thank you for that, <laughs> Olivia. <laughs> no, like a, like someone you care about, yeah, someone and that you're really gonna, close yeah. to. No, I, I, wouldn't say I it think to like I would say, man on the street. Are, you feeling, are you feeling okay <laughs> today because you don't look your usual self and yeah. would you like to talk to me about it? Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, because I did. I did put up a question box the other day, and a few people did ask, "How you do you just bring say, up someone? Are you feeling you okay today? This? You don't look your bright, bubbly self. And is there anything yeah. you'd like to talk to me about?" And then you you open the door for them to talk to you. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I think it is. It it does depend. It like because to be dead honest, if it was someone that I did not know personally, and I saw them do that. No. There's not much I can say to them. No. Especially if they're being like really outgoing about it exactly. and it's their protective blanket. You can't really then go in and be like, oh, you ah, you're making fun of yourself. Problems like, with self love. No. You know, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So, what about, so why do we think that self love is so important? Like, why do we need self love to be in a certain place to, you know, have the positive benefits for yourself? But also, like, how does having self-love impact your relationship well i think it's the of foundations it of everything yeah it's the foundations Every- of, of of your belief like like we we're talking about attachment theory like, <laughs> i'm just asking but it's, well the thing is that <laughs> but it is if everything that we to, we do and feel we project to the world and if we don't like ourselves we're going to project it and yeah. if you genuinely like yourself and there's a difference in liking yourself and or being a braggart. Usually, people who brag about themselves don't like themselves. But but yeah. you know, I can turn around very comfortably and say, I really think I'm a damn good therapist. But I'm not very good at many other things. Yeah, agree. And no, no, I oh, would say blah. that. But I know that by saying it, I'm not bragging. But I do think I am a good therapist. And if I don't believe that yeah, myself, how can I project that to the world and sell myself? Um, without believing it and and so yeah. you it's no yeah, exactly. use saying it if you don't believe it because it doesn't come across as authentic yeah yeah and i feel like there is a massive difference be- between being able to sing your own praises and saying that i'm really good at this and that's mm-hmm. like self-love you can say that stuff versus i need to put you down in order to make me feel good that's more like that c- 
like that nasty competition and that's almost – it's kind of like that bully mentality where if you're insecure, if I quickly cut people down, they're less likely to cut me down because they feel intimidated or they feel, you know – or you're going to go the other way and do what we were talking about where you'll self-deprecate, you'll you'll say that stuff about yourself first. But it is important, like what you were asking before, because, yeah, it's the foundations for everything. It's how you – feel towards yourself is going to exactly what people were saying is going to determine how you then respond to situations in life, how you think that the world is going to treat you. If you value yourself enough to love yourself and respect yourself, you then will expect that from other people. And if yeah. they don't treat you that way, you think, okay, well, goodbye. You're not for me. Literally, you know, if yeah. you don't love yourself and someone comes in and doesn't love you, then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, well, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> you know, you know and I, I yeah. keep going back yeah. to I, one of the things that came out of our podcast, which I'm definitely going to start doing, um, is that somebody asked the question, do you think you should do a due diligence on relationships? And I said definitely that it's something I've wanted to do for years and years and years. And I will be running workshops online. Because I do think that that you get a when couples come together, if if they aren't on the same page, if they don't share the same values, if they don't mm. love themselves and each other, then somebody is going to miss out in the relationship. Because the person that gives yeah, all the love definitely. is going to give it to the person who's been unloved, but they're not going to get it back. So eventually, they're going to yeah. be totally what I call stroke deprived. Because that person doesn't know how to give yeah. it back. Mm. And so this is why it's mm. so important have an empty cup. that when you match up, you match up knowing that you're getting what you want and deserve in life and don't go for second best. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God, never mm. settle. And also, like my mantra. Yeah, and also understand where that person's coming from or where the – I think a lot of people will enter a relationship and have these unrealistic, you know – expectations of what the other person's going to bring to the table based on what they can bring to the table. And they just expect it and they don't really ask, they don't really dig and understand their stuff. What if someone's just not capable of giving that? Or what if someone thinks differently to you? Or what if they just innately react differently to you and you're just here expecting, oh, because I'm like this, they're going to be like this. Yeah. And then people fall short in your eyes and then you're disappointed when they may may have never been able to – do Give that, that, to, that to you. In but the I, I yeah. do think a lot of people so true. want guidance. They they want to mm. learn how to love themselves. And I do believe that mm. with just that one exercise that I told you about, that chair exercise, there's many exercises and psychotherapies that I work with people to teach them how to love themselves mm. and understand that yeah. – Decisions that we all make as children are made, you know, from the time we're born and that most of those decisions are made when at, at a subconscious level and then at, when we grow up, we, at a conscious level, there's part of us that knows that we're a lovable but the little part inside of us that subconscious keeps telling us, no, you're not. Why do you think you are? And you've yeah. got to be yeah. able to yeah. um, get the client or the person to understand that they are lovable and believe it themselves. Yeah. And and so it, it's just so yeah. important 100%. that they project that. Yeah. yeah. I think the beautiful thing to like that I've taken away from today is like 
no matter what, you can always increase your self-love. You can create new pathways if you're taking the neuroscience perspective and you can teach yourself to love yourself again because there are so many beautiful things to love about mm. yourself. As RuPaul would say, if you can't love yourself, how are you going to love somebody else? That's all. <laughs> but, correct. Literally. But guys, I, <laughs> I think that's all we have time for, which makes me so sad because that flew by so quickly. That went so fast. I, I love talking to you girls. Loved it. And thank you, Alexis, for coming on the show. Thank you, Boba. That was awesome. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on, that my girl. That was so great. Um, my sister will be thrilled. Oh, She's been <laughs> Stephanie, this is for you. <laughs> She's in Germany waiting for your each episode to drop. And she's like, why is it a day late? Why I got is it a week trouble. late? We, did a, we didn't do one last week and I literally – And my sister well, was – my clients calling me and said, what happened yeah. to the episode? Yeah. And I said, oh. Well, I, <laughs> no. I put it on the Facebook group. So if you're not in it, join it. Join the group. <laughs> it's called Sex With My Grandma Podcast. Stay um, updated. Stay updated. Stay in the loop. Also, ask us any questions there so we can make sure they're included in the podcast. We're talking about things that you want to hear about. So let us know. But, um, Alexis, you are an absolute stunning angel. I love you so much. Thanks. I love very, you guys. Very, Thanks very for having me, both of you. That informed. was awesome. <laughs> lovely, lovely to hear from you, Alexis. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and so good to hear, yeah, everything you had to say as well. I feel like they align. Yeah. Everything aligns it so well. It was perfectly aligned. Yeah. And I love right, having both perspectives. So maybe okay. we'll do another one. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Can- Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.